Hello and welcome to Get Flushed, where we talk about the business of sanitation. My name's Pete and this week's show is brought to you by Airvote, the easy-to-use contactless tool that lets you gather and analyse customer feedback in real time. This week's episode features Joe Zeman from Valor Marketing, who spoke with me about digital marketing a while ago. I published part of this interview as a pre-release before the new season and I ummed and ahed about whether or not to include that section in today's show. I've decided to keep it in because some of our new listeners may not have heard it and, well, it's really relevant to the rest of the conversation. If you've already heard that part of the chat and you'd rather skip ahead, I've put this week's advert between the two parts of the interview. Just slide along to the 20-minute mark. Before we hear from Joe, I'd like to welcome and thank Bobby from Union Portables who signed up as a patron this week and also left a message on the show's inbox. Bobby, thanks for your support. I've answered your question by email, but I'll also record a special episode for you that I'll share on Patreon later this week. Sharp-eyed listeners and those who follow me on social media will have also spotted that Get Flushed has a new logo. While I absolutely love the old logo with the toilet, microphone and headphones, it is a little bit cliched. And pretty much every other podcast uses a logo that features some sort of microphone or headphones image. The new logo was designed by Anamika at GraphicZone124, who sells on Fiverr. Anamika prepared three or four different designs for me, but I like the one that I chose because it's clean and it makes enough of a reference to sanitation without using a toilet. Okay, let's get into the episode proper and hear the interview with Joe Zeman. I'm joined today by Joe Zeman, who's in Washington State. And Joe brings a collection of hats to the table today. He works at Valor Marketing Agency. He works at Advanced Wastewater Promotions, which is a marketing agency dedicated to the septic industry. And he also hosts the Ask Valor Masterminds podcast. So, Joe, thank you for helping me get through the introduction and welcome to Get Flushed. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm excited to be here and excited to uh, speak with your audience. I've watched a few of your episodes of the Ask Valor Masterminds, and I have to say, man, you cover some really great topics. It's a really, really useful and worthwhile podcast for anyone who's in this industry. It really is. I appreciate it. Thank you. A lot of effort goes into it. You've got a flash studio with the sound um, tiles on the wall. I'll be hitting you up about those later in the year. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just, if you need those, I'll just connect you to our podcast studio that we record at when we're in studio. Otherwise, it's all done via Zoom. Okay, so floor's yours, Joe. Where do we want to go today and what do we want to talk about? All right. Well, I guess the reason why I was intrigued to be on your podcast is during our conversation, you talk about different things related to the septic industry and the porta potty industry, but you said you've never had anyone come on and really talk about marketing. No, not at all. I thought the best way to do that is to review a tool that's free for every business to use that most people use it once and then they forget about it. And that's the Google My Business profile or your Google Maps profile. That's what it's currently called. Google's going to change the name of it once again to Google Business. I think it's just Google Business Profiles, what they're changing the name to. You can utilize the tool on the desktop as well as a mobile app. And I believe the talk is that they're going to remove the mobile app, which to me is stupid because that's where most people can use it the best and just go back to the desktop version. What Google My Business is, it's just that it's a map listing on Google where a business owner can go and claim their information and then make sure that their profile is set up to answer people's questions. For the listeners, I'm assuming a lot of you probably use Google Maps. Maybe they're looking for a restaurant or maybe they're looking for a dry cleaner or maybe they're looking for a boutique and they do a search on Google and then the map listing show up, correct? 
Yeah, so you open the app and you'll either get the recommendations for restaurants and fuel stations, etc., or you'll say, hey, you know, I need to hook up with a restroom company, show me the, the nearest to my location. That's what we're talking about, the Google map on your phone, basically. Correct, yeah. And so it's actually Google's attempt at like a social media app. Right. So they, it used to be called Google Plus yeah. several years ago, and that failed. And so they just went back to the Google My Business some of the benefits within the tool is one in the info, just making sure that everything is set up properly. You want to have your name in there correctly. You want to have where you're based in. If you're a home-based business, when you're claiming your listing, you just put that you service people at their location and then it hides the physical address, but keeps the city state and zip. You want to make sure that you have all your categories claimed. You want to make sure that you add in your service area you know, all of your contact information, hours you're open, website link. And then in the services, there's a unique section because you can actually list out the different services. So if I'm a septic company, I can lift out septic pumping, septic service, septic installation, septic repair, septic design. If I'm a porta potty, same thing. I can list out the services that I provide. And then when you do that, then you can write a description of the service you provide Make sure that description is filled with keywords that the people who are searching for the business in general would be searching for on Google and just make sure those keywords are added to the description of the different services that you offer. That's like the info tab. Then you have like the photos tab where you can upload pictures of all the work that you're doing. You can upload videos. You can just like you would on your Facebook page, have like a cover picture. You can have a cover picture in your Google, my business page. You can upload your logos. God, there's just so much awesomeness you can do in there. So this is like a free and absolutely global market presence, isn't it? Correct. Because everyone's using Google maps. Correct. I always imagined it was like a peer populated thing that if I'd been somewhere and I knew there was a business on the street that I as a user would add it, I didn't realize that the business owner can take control. Oh, the business owner can take control, but they do have to watch because anyone could use their Google. Let's say I have a Google My Business profile and I upload like pictures to that profile. Let's say I eat at a restaurant. I can upload pictures. Yeah. Well, now the restaurant has access to their profile. They have to claim it. They have to go through the process of claiming it. And the way they know they've claimed it is because Google has mailed out a postcard to you at that physical address. And you entered that six-digit PIN in. That's the verification step then. Yeah, your verification process. Yeah. If you've done that process or you've gotten a phone call with a verification PIN, then you've done it properly. Okay. If you've never got a phone call or a postcard with the verification code, you haven't claimed that profile correctly. The other side of that coin would be that people can leave reviews as well. So not only can people leave pictures and you can log into your spot and you can report pictures and have them removed, but then the reviews tab is probably the best feature of it is anyone can go and write a review. The suggestion that I have to businesses that are managing the reviews is one, you should reply to every single review you get, even the pot, even the good ones and the negative ones. The first message, like if you're replying to a positive review, it's thank you so-and-so for writing a review. I appreciate your feedback. And maybe, maybe that's it. But if it's a negative review, most importantly, you still want to thank that person for their business. And then you just want to leave one reply on there is something like, I'm sorry, you're unhappy with the service that uh, our company provided. Here is an email address for someone that you can reach out to 
we want to see what we can do to make things right. That's really important. The worst thing you want to do is get involved in a an ongoing argument online with somebody. Correct. And it makes a big difference, doesn't it? You really personalize and, and put the human touch to your business by responding in that open a non-defensive way. It's really difficult to do. You, you know, as a business owner, it's really hard to do that. Especially when you know you've delivered a great service, and maybe someone's unhappy. You also have to read into sometimes what people write. So maybe you have an employee that you fired, and what do they do? They're upset, and they're going to go to Google and then write a review. And the only thing you need to put in that reply is, "This person used to work for our company and is no longer here." Yeah. So when people are going and they're reading the reviews, they could see, "Well, here's a one star. Let me look at it." Oh. That was someone who got fired. They're just angry. Yeah. As long as you leave your replies just once, Yeah. don't do back and forth. Just once, if it's negative, leave an email, a contact email, and that way the consumers know like, hey, I'm trying to make things right. We stopped for coffee last year at a place over on the other side, the West Coast, and it was the worst coffee we've ever had. <laughs> My wife left her really disappointed because your reviews are great and our experience today wasn't brilliant. And my reply would have been, hey, really sorry about that. Come back in and we'll make you another coffee. Right. And we didn't. We ended up with just a big tirade about how it was all our fault. <laughs> so huge lessons there just to take it on the chin, be polite, say thank you. If we can fix this, we'd love to leave it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Not everybody will know that they can claim the Google listing. Mm-hmm. And until you mentioned it, I'd not even thought about it, to be honest. I'll be really frank that, um, I, as I said, I thought they were populated by the internet rather than business owner, but it makes so much sense. So they are kind of populated by the internet, but you as the business owner can go and claim that business profile as yours. And like I said, it's like google.com forward slash business. If you've never logged into it, you're going to click on a blue button that says manage now. If you're signed into your Gmail and you click on that link and it opens up your Google My Business profile, then great. It'll be like up in the left corner, it'll say Google Business Profile Manager. Yeah. Then you know that you've claimed it. If it says like manage now, then you just follow the steps, fill out the information, and then wait for your postcard. The postcard takes three to five days to come in the mail. If there's an option where they can call you, do that one because it's instant. It'll be a robot voice saying, here's your code from Google. You enter in your five or six digit code, and then it takes 24 hours to verify it. And then you have an active profile on your Google. Back in the day, this would have been the yellow pages, wouldn't it? Or the phone directory. Yep. I I would look at this almost like the white pages in the phone book. Yeah, definitely. So it makes so much sense for people to claim their online space. And if you don't, you can rest assured that your competitors will be. Correct. If I can say anything, not only besides the reviews, is just as often as you post to, let's say, your Facebook page or your Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever social media platform a business is using, also go to your Google business profile and start making posts on there as well. Oh, like regular updates. Regular updates. You have different options. So let's say you're going to make a post. It'll give you, like, what type of post do you want to do? What's new? maybe offers or events that you're having. It's just a regular post of this is what's new with my business or this is the type of job that I did today. Click on the what's new, make sure you add a picture and then make sure you add a description related to that picture. So this becomes a really important part of the admin function of the business, doesn't it? Correct. It's not something that you want to do and leave and update once a year or whenever you remember. It needs to be a regular, ongoing, consistent part of your effort to inform and attract customers. Correct. And this is the only platform, like a social media platform, where you can't 
included in a site like Hootsuite. Hootsuite is a site that you go into, you put your all, all your social media profiles into the username and passwords, and then you can set up like a calendar of posting. This is the only platform that doesn't allow that. You have to physically go into your Google profile manager and create posts. There's um, a bit of a theme running in podcast circles at the moment that people are concentrating on just one social media platform. So Mark Asquith at Captivate, he only mm-hmm. tweets. He, he doesn't engage on Facebook or Instagram. He only uses Twitter. And Tanner Campbell talks about that in his podcast, about having one platform and doing it well, because the danger is if you spread yourself too thinly, you fall through the gaps. But the, the Google one, you don't need to be a social media user to use that. People who don't use social media are probably using Google Maps at the moment. Correct. Because when I'm a, let's say I'm looking for a septic company, I'm going to go to Google and I'm going to do a search for, you know, septic pumping companies near me. Yeah. And then you have the ads at the top, you have the map section and you have organic. So the map section, then people could click on it and see who's closest to them. And then they can see the profiles. Then they can see the picture that they've uploaded or the work that they've done. They can look at videos. They can see posts of these are the different jobs that this company is doing. And they're going to read the reviews and immediately they're going to go to the negative reviews if there are any, and they're going to see how that business owner replied to the reviews. I suppose an extension from that is to get in the habit of asking customers to leave reviews as well. Yes. If they can, some of the Google My Business profiles have what they call a short name in the info tab itself. If you claim your Google My Business profile and there's a short name, it'll be like the at symbol and you can put in the name of your business. One of ours is g.page forward slash valor hyphen marketing hyphen LLC. If I want to send that directly in a text or an email, it'll send that person directly to my Google My Business profile. The AirVote app that Angelique and Dimitri have developed, that can be configured to automatically upload the positive responses on AirVote. I don't know if you've seen it. There are three smiley QR codes, red, yellow, and green. Mm-hmm. And when you're sitting in the restroom, if you hold your phone up and scan the green one because it's nice and clean and it smells great and there's plenty of paper, Uh the Evo owner can actually publish that review directly to their platform of choice. Yeah. They made the decision that the red votes where there was an issue, say it ran out of paper or it wasn't very clean, they decided to not release those but send them directly to the company owner or the ops manager or the team leader so that they could respond to them in real time. There's a lot of logic to that because, as you say, you might get the disgruntled former employee or there might be a genuine problem that the last thing you want to do is have that broadcast widely on social media. You'd rather have the opportunity to resolve that in real time if you could. Yeah, I mean, we have something similar. We have a review platform where it's very similar, where it asks a writer, you know, how would you rate the service one through 10? If it's a zero through five, essentially you're opening up a ticket and that ticket's going to a certain person within the company to address that issue right away. If it's a, you know, let's say an eight through 10, then they get sent directly to either Google or to Facebook to leave a review. So it's very, it's something similar. Um, I like your version of the smiley faces or not smiley faces, but. The AirVote thing has taken off so quickly. It popped up for me as an advert on Facebook for a few weeks and I ignored it. And then when I clicked on it, I thought, oh, this is really cool. And I phoned Angelique or messaged her and she came on the podcast. And then um, Dave Andres actually got the AirVote stickers into restrooms and the Sanitrex modules at the PGA Texas Open, Mm -hmm. the Valero. 
Roy Baring came on the show afterwards and talked about the impact it had made. Normally, you'd get a, a, there'd been an accident in a restroom. Somebody may eventually find a security person and tell them that the restroom needed attention. That would eventually go through the chain of command and get back maybe an hour, two hours later to the restroom operator. Right. Where there was an issue, Roy was getting the text messages in real time. That's awesome. Yeah, and it made so much sense. And now Roy put them in his plastic units as well. And the take-up across the industry has just been phenomenal. It's just such a simple idea, but so well executed. Even more crazy to that is that people are in a, in a portable restroom, sitting on the toilet, they look up, they take the phone out, right? They scan it, and then they go through the process right there when they're on the phone, right? Sitting on the toilet and writing a review. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> the appeal of it is, is exactly that, that it's real time, because we'd, we'd all kicked around the ideas of how do you get feedback from the restroom user so that you could inform your Google reviews, you know, oh, it was a great restroom. And the simplest one, just the green smiley face, I've used the bathroom, I'm really happy, it's all good. That's enough in itself. You don't need much more than that, just a smile and a thumbs up, well done. But they've taken it to the next level because it's actually got into, um, let's call it crisis management, but real-time reporting of issues. Mm-hmm. When I'd worked in restroom companies, I'd quite often get an email on a Monday morning from a site manager saying, oh, the bathroom's in a terrible state, run out of paper, no sanitizer. You say, yeah, but we were there on Friday and the the manager had got the complaint from the guys on site on Thursday afternoon, not seen it until Monday, fired me a volley by email, but we'd already resolved it. With Airvote, the restroom user could tell me in real time. That's awesome. I wrote a note because I'm going to look them up. Yikes, I just received a bad review on Google. I can't believe it. I think I run a good business. I respond to reviews as fast as I can to see if I can fix the issue, but the reviews don't always come through until it's too late. I can't be with all of my customers 24 seven. What can I do to prevent this issue from happening next time? Hey man, it's gonna be okay. Who are you? Who am I? I'm you from the future and I have to tell you about AirVote. What's AirVote? Just place these QR smileys anywhere throughout your business with questions to ask your customers. Your customers can then respond directly by leaving a comment that goes straight to your phone or computer. And then, when they're satisfied with your service, they have the option to leave a positive review in Google. AirVote keeps you connected with your customers 24-7, the absolute best way to prevent negative reviews in Google. One of the things that has come up in the preliminary chat, people have have fired me messages and asked me is, as a restroom operator, how do they make the most of their online space? And that's a common topic that comes up in some of those online forums. What are people doing to attract customers? I don't know that people looking for septic or restroom services would go to Facebook necessarily. I guess they would go to Google Maps. Most people who are looking for a service, some of the people will go onto Facebook and they'll maybe, maybe they'll post it on their page or maybe they'll ask that question on like a community page that they're a part of looking for referrals. Yeah. But if people have an immediate need, they're going to open up their phone. They're going to do a search, whether it's Google or whether it's Bing or whatever search engine they use. And they're going to do a search on their phone. Anything septic related, anything portal potty rental related, a lot of times, like your hand station rentals, fence rentals usually go with your porta potty rental companies. Those companies, the best way to market that we found is search engine optimization and Google ads. So you're hitting people, you're hitting at the ads at the very top, and you're targeting people who have an immediate need, 
And those people that are looking at the ads on their desktop, they swear they never use ads, but if they do a search on their phone, they're usually clicking on the ads because Google provides that. And the first two to four things, the first two to four results you see on your phone are actually ads. And if campaigns are built properly, they have the click to call button built right into the campaigns. Let's say I'm looking for a, a portable restroom company and I do a search on my phone and it gives me two or three people and one of them has a phone number. I click on the phone number and I don't even know who I'm even calling. All I know is that I have a need. I did a search, the results that came up, I clicked on the call and I called the company directly. And then it goes directly to them. And however, they are able to answer the phone and convert that customer. That's up to the client or up to the business, I should say. But Google ads is a great way to go. Can we talk about Google ads? That's probably an opportune point to do that. I get an email every day from Google saying, hey, Pete, you've qualified for $150 worth of free credit. How does Google Ads work for restroom and septic operators? What's the, the, the way that they can look to utilize that, Joe? You mentioned the first thing about the credit. So that credit that a business owner gets from Google is a spend first, then we give you a credit. Okay. So if let's say it's $150, I've seen them as high as $500. Yeah. It's spend this amount of money first, and then we will give you free money. So first off, if you get that, if you get that and you don't have $500 to spend, then don't accept it because you got to spend the money first before they'll give you the free money. I've never clicked on it. So I didn't know that. Right. So that's the first thing. And then like some of the benefits of Google ads, if you're a business owner that needs more leads now, Google ads is a great way to go. You build out a campaign. You can build out what they call ad groups for different services within the business. So a septic company would have, septic installation, septic pumping, septic maintenance and repair, um, septic design, porta potty would just be porta potty rentals, maybe hand station rentals, fence rentals. Each one of those are different ad groups. And then each one of the ad groups, you associate different keywords with each one of those groups. If a campaign is built properly, or if the company is managing the campaign properly, then you would want to send traffic to those individual pages of the website based upon what the consumer is searching for. So if they're looking for, let's say, septic pumping, you don't want to take them to a page that just talks about general septic. You want to take them to the page that talks about septic pumping. If I'm looking for portable restrooms, I want to be taken to the page that answers the questions about portable restrooms. These ads will appear on your internet search. So when you're in Explore or Safari or Chrome and you type in Porta Potty, the ads will target the user who's used those search terms. And does it work on a geographical location, Joe? Yes. When you build out a campaign, one of the things you do is you put in the locations that you want to target. So then your ads are only going to show up in the geographical locations that you want to even target. So Google ads is just great. It's literally you build out a campaign, you flip a switch, you turn the campaign on and it starts generating traffic. If you need more business now, this is a great tool It's the company's job who's managing it to get the traffic to your website. It's your job as the business owner to convert those leads into customers. So where do you think the best place is to go? Do you look for a local marketing company to help you? Can it all be done online? Or do you look for the people who've got the best skills or the best price? What typically runs through people's minds? I would tell you to do a Google search for marketing companies or marketing agencies near me. Look at their reviews have a conversation with that marketing company, ask for references, ask for examples of reporting. If a company that is not willing to give you an example of reporting or they're not willing to give you references, then that should be a red flag. Okay. You should also ask them what their margins are. 
Meaning if you're spending a thousand dollars a month in Google ads, how much of that thousand dollars a month is going towards that company to manage the campaign and how much of that thousand dollars a month is going towards ad spend. So like with our companies, we disclose our margins. It's 25% up until a certain point, but that is a number that you need to know because you need to know how much it's costing to create a client. And do marketing companies usually share that information? Are they, are they liberal with it? Some companies are, if they're a Google partner, Google partners have to disclose their margins, but a lot of times they don't have to disclose their margins until after they've been asked. We've just like our companies have felt we're just going to be honest and upfront with people. And we disclose it. Hey, our margins are 25% either included in or on top of a budget. So if you're all in budgets, you know, a thousand dollars, that means 250 a month is coming to us to manage it. And $750 a month is going toward the ad spend on Google. I like that in that that's the way I like to see restroom companies operate, that they're transparent and open with the price because customers get upset if there are unexpected add-ons to the invoice at the end of the month. So, you know, if you're supplying the restroom, let people know whether that includes the consumables, the service and everything else, the paper, the sanitizer. That, that 100% should be in the agreement that shows them what's included and what's not. So it's the same for marketing. Just make sure you know exactly what you're paying for and what you're going to get as a result, I suppose. Yeah. And just make sure that the references that they give you, those people are willing to answer all of the questions. Like, hey, here's the good things that happened. But hey, maybe we came across this issue, but this is how this company addressed the issue. You know, I'm guessing there'll be quite a few operators who've never done this before and it'll be new territory for them that, you know, maybe they've had the logo and the letterheads and the signage developed, but moving into the digital space for some people will be a big step, I guess. You are correct. I mean, we come across businesses that are just that. They're old school. They've been in business for 50, 60 years. It's family owned. And uh, the mom and dad just want to do business the old school way and they want to market the old school way. And that's great. And that works to a certain extent. But a lot of those businesses then now they're trying to grow. Uh, They're losing clients. Um, That's morbid, but they die off. And then you have to replace those customers and your word of mouth of referrals only go so far. And then as you come in, depending on the area you're in, depending how competitive it is, if it's a very competitive market, then you have to market yourself online to make sure that you're an option online. And, you know, the current market, there are a lot of people who have been attracted to the septic and restroom industry during the pandemic. It's been a boom industry. Every every company that I, I work with is in high demand and the, the yards are pretty empty. And I suppose taking control of your digital space is another way to make sure that you maintain your profile. And, and you're probably not giving yourself a competitive advantage, but you're certainly making sure that you're in the same space as everybody else because the new entrants will be doing it. The new entrants will be pushing hard and letting everybody know that they're here and they're, they're available and they've got products and services to offer. And it's the, the older established companies, if they don't do this, they're going to get left behind. Correct. Unless they have someone young, like maybe their son or daughter's taking over the business and they're like, our business needs to move in this direction. How much value can people typically expect to realize as a result of a Google Ads campaign? Uh, that's like a million dollar question, isn't it? The honest answer? It depends on who's managing it. I'm going to give you the no BS answer. It depends on who's answering it. It depends on how they're managing it. Uh, Some companies report on just like impressions, meaning how many times an ad was served up and how many clicks it generated. Uh, The companies that do it better report on how many conversions the ads are having. So a conversion is a form fill or a phone call because that's what you want to dial into is how much is it costing to create what they call cost per acquisition. What is that dollar amount? You know, it may be $180, it could be $42. What's, what's the difference in that, in that cost per acquisition? 
But as far as guaranteeing, like how many clients you're going to generate, if any company guarantees you results, I would run away from them because you cannot guarantee results. I mean, the good news is whether you're spending $500 a month or we're spending 10 grand a month, you are going to generate results and you are going to create new customers from it. If you rely solely on word of mouth, I think you put yourself in a vulnerable position these days. And the great thing about like the word of mouth is if you have Google Analytics set up on your website to track where your activity is coming from, it'll show you like Google Organic, Yahoo Organic, Google Ads, Direct, which is the word of, word of mouth, which is the people going to Google or whatever search engine they're using, typing in the name of that company directly. That would be like a referral or your word of mouth business. And a lot of times I'm seeing for businesses more and more, the direct traffic is minimal, like uh, under under 20% of their overall website traffic. So everything else is from referrals or from adverts rather than cold, let's call those directs cold callers. Is that the way to describe them? Yeah, the rest of the business is coming from people who are doing a search on Google for the services that a business offers. So that whether it's the ads or whether it's organic, um, a lot of website traffic nowadays does not come from direct. Well, I'm really grateful that you've had time to come and share that. And it's a, a free, no-cost option for, for people. It's, it makes a lot of sense for people to get in and do that and take control of their Google business profile. That would be a good opportunity for you to explain um, how people can get hold of you, listen to your podcast, find out more about Valor Marketing. Is, are you able to do that? Sure. So if you're specific in the septic and wastewater industry, our company is Advanced Wastewater Promotions. Uh, we're currently rebuilding our website, but it's awpromo.com. If you're outside of that field and you have a, let's say your company is not septic related, our Sister marketing company is ValorMarketingLLC.com. You can just go to that website and there's different contact information on there for us. My email is joe at ValorMarketing.net. And then uh, what I really, what we're passionate about is our podcast. AskValorMasterminds.com. How it got started real quick is we started out first as the Facebook group page where the purpose was to bring businesses together, kind of like a mastermind group to ask questions and share things. From that, we're like, well, we're a marketing company and we get hit with all these questions outside of marketing that maybe we can't answer. So maybe selfishly, we started the podcast so we can bring on different guest speakers to kind of teach us and teach our audience about different topics. And so we've had on a slew of, we've gone on now for what, two years? I think we're, last week was episode 50, 54 maybe. Yeah, so we we only do um, two episodes per month, sometimes only one, but we try to provide relevant content uh, to our audience. And you're you're streaming that live on Facebook. You said it's available on YouTube, but you also release the audio on all of the standard podcast platforms. Yes, so like askvalormasterminds.com is our website. If you scroll to the bottom, there's some different links where you can uh, get our podcast, the audio version, if you wanted to download it. And it's not just North America focused. You've had some great international guests. I've skimmed through some of your previous episodes and, and your range of topics is just incredible, Joe. It's it, it's an awesome podcast. It really is. I guess our claim to fame now is we're an international podcast. We've had on a guy from France who plays rugby for, for Salat in France. Uh, we've had on someone else who does marketing, who has a marketing agency, and I believe she was in London, but started another marketing agency specific for franchise owners. We've had on two book authors uh, from the Netherlands. Um, so we're just slowly, slowly growing. 
we're always open to um, having new guests on. So like if they go to our website and they, they think they would be a good fit or they know someone just fill out the form and send us the information. We do discovery calls with people. The purpose, like I said, is just to educate people on different topics, whether it's about marketing, whether it's about accounting, whether it's about, geez, we've had on someone who's a physical therapist to come on and talk about posture because people work at home now, right? During the pandemic, people are working at home. So there was just like, whenever I bring a posture, I know my feet are flat. I know my back is straight up and, you know, straight up and down. And I sit a certain way now, just because that person was on the podcast we've had on book authors, Bob Berg. He's an author of the go-giver we've had on Dr. Ivan Meisner. He's the founder and chief visionary officer of BNI international or BNI global. I should say we've had, I mean, just, we just a slew, just a number of amazing guests. No, you truly have. And, and it started because you're in that septic wastewater space, but it, it just shows you, and I've, I've tried to do this with Get Flushed. There are so many connections and hooks and links to other businesses that the septic industry can learn from and use and vice versa. I think you've, you've done an amazing job. I've really enjoyed the, the episodes I've, I've watched, really enjoyed watching them. Yeah, thank you. And the, the way we've started booking guests, to be honest, there's like different pod booking websites. So you can go to podbooker.com. There's like matchmaker.fm. So you can upload your podcast and people can see it and they can, can, they can request to be guests on your podcast. It's also a way for you to find guests for if you have a podcast out there and you're looking for whether it's about fitness or whether it's about financing, whether it's about business, doesn't matter what kind of topic it is or what industry it's in. There are other people that want to be guests on your podcast. It's hard work, you know, keeping the content coming. It, um, it takes a lot and, you know, your production's good, your sound quality's good. So I'd really encourage listeners to tune in and, and you know, I'm happy to share links on my show um, to one of the caliber of yours. It's great. Hey, we've been going 55 minutes. I've really enjoyed that. And I'm sure the listeners will appreciate the insights you've shared today. Is there anything else that you wanted to add before we close up? Yeah, I would leave it with, if you look at what you're doing, you don't enjoy doing it, then life's way too short. Choose something else. The secret is if you wake up every single day and you do not look at what you're doing as work, then you're in the right gig. Man, I wish you'd told me that when I was 21. I've had so many ideas for good businesses that I've never put into action. I've really enjoyed that and I look forward to talking to you again. All right, thank you. Joe shared a lot of really useful information in that chat and I'd like to thank him for taking part and I would absolutely encourage Get Flush listeners to check out his podcast. I'll put a link in the notes, but just search for Ask Valor on your podcast player and you'll find him sure enough. I'm happy to close this week by telling you that I'm planning a trip to the US in September and October this year. I'll be meeting up with friends and sponsors, but I'd also like to visit some offices and yards, go for a few ride-alongs and record enough material to fill the entire season in 2023. If you'd like to be part of that, please drop me a line. I'm just starting to schedule a route, so there's plenty of time for you to book a slot, and I'll stress that it doesn't matter if you're an operator, a supplier, manufacturer, whether you're a one-man or one-woman band, or part of a larger group of chain. I'd love you to be part of the show. The best way to get in touch is to email me at pete at getflush.online or use my diary getflush.online slash booking to schedule a chat and I'll put both of those links in the notes. 
Okay, that's it for this week. Once again, thank you to Joe, thank you to Bobby, and thank you for your time. I've been Pete, and you've been listening to Get Flushed, where we talk about the business of sanitation. This week's episode was brought to you with the support of Airvote, the easy-to-use contactless tool that lets you gather and analyse customer feedback in real time. 